So this morning we get to start a brand new series. Um, it's not gonna be like our other series. It's four weeks and we're done in a month. Uh, this one it's gonna last us a couple months. We're gonna be going through the study of Acts. Um, and back in the back, we have these handy dandy uh, Acts scriptural scripture journal Bibles. Um, while you're reading, it has a nice notebook side beside it that you can take notes, ask questions, write stuff down, anything interesting, thoughts. Whatever you may have while you're reading Acts, um, they're great resources. Uh, we have more resources in the back. Um, but just to kind of get a background on Acts. Acts is believed to be written by Luke. Um, most scholars believe that. Uh, it's also believed that it was he wrote it around 70 AD. Um, so it kind of puts it in line with the Gospel of Luke that he wrote. Um, and then the book and just kind of a whole just to kind of give a general summarization here. It talks about the resurrection, the ascension, and the introducing, introduction of the Holy Spirit in the beginning of the church and all the works the church does um, going out through all the, the nations all around the lands, around Israel. So if you would, please stand. We'll go ahead and read. We're in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 today. I promise I won't keep you all long. I know there's some nice warm food waiting on us, so I promise to not keep you very long. It starts, it says, in the first book of, in the first book, O Theolophus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of, to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heavens, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And he said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let's pray. God, we just want to thank you for this day and all that you've done for us. God, we ask that you uh, touch your scripture. God, hide me, hide me behind the cross. Allow me to speak the words you'd have to speak for your people, God. Um, God, I just thank you for allowing us to be here and to worship and praise you. In your name pray. Amen. So, starting off Luke's verse, or chapter 1, verse 1. What Luke is saying is that this is basically a continuation of the gospel. That Jesus was and is and still teaching and is doing miracles even after his resurrection and even on after his ascension. We see it several times uh, with him being on the road to Damascus with Paul, uh, with the stoning of uh, Stephen. Several times Jesus shows back up even after his ascension. And he continues to do works and teaches and it doesn't talk a lot about what he does teach and 
miracles he does do, but we assume that it's everything that he was doing in the Gospels previously. Um, then in Acts chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Luke and Acts, um, just from the study that I've done, was almost like the two books, the Gospel of Luke and Acts, were like a book series, if you would look at it that way. Luke was, when he wrote the Gospel of Luke, he just continued on with the book of Acts. He just wrote two separate books. So it's like you got you know, your, your first book with all the cool stuff that happened, and then you got your second book with the actions that correspond with the first book that had all the cool stuff in it. So if you were... If you look when it says, you know, the Holy Spirit. And it says he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. You know, the Holy Spirit hadn't got to the apostles yet. You know, it doesn't come until chapter 2 uh, during Pentecost. So some people might wonder, well, that's kind of confusing if they haven't got the Holy Spirit yet. and But they're saying they're doing stuff through the Holy Spirit. What it's referring to is the actual instructions of Jesus. And his command, since the Holy Spirit was accompanied Jesus in his teachings. Since the Holy Spirit was in Jesus, and Jesus was there with him, giving them commands and teachings, that's what it means when it's talking about um, through the Holy Spirit. As they were doing it through Jesus. Acts verse 3, he said, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus, after his resurrection, appeared to the disciples several times. Um, many times, showing proof that he was alive, he was real, showing him his scars. Um, I know, I think one time he had a fish fry with him, you could say. He ate fish and sat down and, you know, talked with the disciples. And I think he did it to strengthen their faith, to make them stronger, to prepare them for the hardships that were going to come to face the, the apostles and the disciples. And if you continue on in Acts, we're only going to go through... Chapters 1 through uh, 12, if you read on 13 and on, you can see all the hardships the disciples had to go through. Uh, all but, I think, one was beheaded or killed, crucified. Um, so he was basically strengthening their faith, giving them hope that no matter what happens here on earth, you're going to be with me, and giving them the strength to do it, um, which is crazy because we have the same Holy Spirit that they had, and... We fear a lot of times what other people may think. And that's just, you know, words that we're afraid of. They were actually getting killed for this. So it's amazing to see how strong their faith was. I know they had Jesus there, but, you know, Jesus also said if we had faith of mustard seed, we can move mountains. So it's pretty awesome to see that. Then verses 4 through 5, it says, And while staying with him, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, John, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, the promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. That's what they had, what the Holy Spirit, or what the Father had promised, was giving them the Holy Spirit, a comforter, a guider, um, someone to comfort them, someone, something to give them strength. And the phrase being baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is them looking forward to Pentecost. You know, Pentecost was coming up. It was where they celebrated being, you know, coming out of Egypt. So they're 
getting ready for this big feast of Pentecost, and that's when the Holy Spirit was going to come was during Pentecost. The disciples didn't know that. Jesus did. And Jesus was preparing them, getting them ready, because they were essentially going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were going to be baptized, and then they were going to be strengthened, and they were going to be awesome. <laughs> then in verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? The place the disciples usually came together was the Mount of Olives. You see the Mount of Olives mentioned in Scripture several times. This is where the disciples met. This is where they discussed stuff with Jesus. This is where they had their quiet time, where they had prayer. But they still asked, you know, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel here? They were thinking earthly. You know, they were thinking, you know, are you going to restore the kingdom, get rid of the Romans and all the political stuff that was going on during that time? And after Jesus' crucifixion, you know, the, the political and the armies of the Romans had kind of died down just a little bit. So they were thinking, okay, this is the time where we're going to strike. And that wasn't the case. Jesus was like, no, this is not what I'm going to do. It For nobody knows, but only the Father knows. And he said in verse 7, it says, And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, but that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So only, the, only God knows when he's going to restore the kingdom of Israel, when his kingdom is coming down to earth. He's the only one that knows. Nobody knows at all. The disciples didn't know. Jesus knew because Jesus was part of the Father. But Jesus wasn't going to tell them that. And even today, we don't know when Jesus is coming back to earth to come get us to restore the kingdom of God. We don't know when that's going to happen. But we should always stay prepared. Always stay prepared. And then probably one of the most famous verses in Acts is Acts 1.8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He corrected them and told them that you know he's that you guys are going to be my witnesses. That when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to have power. You're going to have all authority that's been given to me. That same power is in us. We have that same power. We have that same authority. We have all of that. And there are five things that Jesus gave us with the Holy Spirit. The first one is that we would be more effective at witnessing ministry. When we received the Holy Spirit, you know, we, we were a lot more effective in, you know, the way we witness to people, the way we act around people and doing the ministry of God. Um, when we go out and do stuff or when just your everyday life, you know, we have the power to, you know, we have the power to, you know, be a witness for Jesus, to show Jesus through us, to witness to people to it. They see God's ministry through us. The second one is an effective proclamation of the gospel. Everyone has their own story. Their own story of how Jesus came in their lives and how Jesus has changed their lives. Everyone has their own story. So everyone should be able to proclaim the gospel in some way, shape, form, or fashion. My story is different from Troy's story. My story is different from Nick's story. Nick's story is different from Troy's story. Everybody's story is different. But everybody has a proclamation or a story that they can tell of how Jesus 
came into their lives, has changed their lives, and how Jesus has affected the way they live and how it shaped them. The third thing is the power for the victory over sin. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have victory over sin. When we have Jesus, we have victory over sin. Sin no longer weighs us down. Sin no longer covers us. Jesus covers us now. The fourth thing is the power for victory over Satan and demonic forces. When we have Jesus, we have the same power that he does. Satan cannot step against us. Demons cannot step against us. We have the power to drive them out. We have the power to shoo them away, just like Jesus did. We have that same spirit he had. I don't want to tell you, that's awesome to me. Five is there's a wide distribution of the gifts for ministry. And we see this later on in Corinthians. But we all have different gifts in the ministry. I am not musically talented. I cannot play a guitar worth of nothing. I have tried. Maybe one day, but it's not my thing. Um, I can somewhat speak, which is why I'm in front of y'all. I'm good with kids. Um, I can't play the drums. I'm not, I don't have any rhythm. Sorry. But we all have different ministries that we can do. All of us have different things. Some people are better at comforting people. When during hard times, during uh, sickness, people are good at comforting. Some people are better at doing the things behind the scenes that nobody sees. Everyone has a different gift in ministry. And the crazy thing is we all have the same spirit. I know I've mentioned it several times, but we all do. The same spirit that the disciples had, the same spirit that Jesus has. That should encourage you. That should make you want to you know, dive deeper in God's word. It should make you want to Go and proclaim the gospel even more. Because the things that the disciples had to face was death. And they still went out and went. They went out in the court square and they proclaimed the gospel several times. A lot of times today we're scared of proclaiming the gospel because, you know, little Timmy down the road might call us a bad name or uh, might cancel us. We're scared of that. And we shouldn't be. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to stand up gives us the strength. It gives us a spirit of determination, not a spirit of fear. Then verse 9, it says, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. So when it says, and a cloud took them out of their sight, uh, if you know me very well, I'm a dude that loves weather. Okay, that's like my forte. I love it. Um... It's awesome to me. It's the beauty of God's finger, the way he does everything. So when it says talks about a cloud, it's not referring to a rain cloud like we had last night and yesterday and we'll have today. I'm not talking about that kind of rain cloud. When it talks about the cloud, it's talking about a cloud of glory that surrounds the very presence of God. So the cloud that surrounds where God sits up in his throne in heaven is that same cloud that came down and took Jesus away. That's freaking awesome, if you ask my ask me. So the disciples got to sit there and watch the cloud that surrounds God's glory in heaven come up and take Jesus away. That is awesome. I know it's, to me, it's awesome looking in the sky. You can ask my wife. She's like, why are you looking out the window? I was like, I'm looking at the clouds. And she's like, why? I was like, they're just awesome. And to think that there's a cloud that surrounds God's throne and his glory up in heaven that took Jesus up, that's awesome to me. And then we finish out 
Acts 10, or chapter 1, verse 10, 11. It says, And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus was who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. These two men that he's talking about were angels in human form. And Jesus is going back. He's coming back again one day. He looked at, his angels looked at him and said, why are you still standing here? My question for you guys is, why are we still sitting here? We have a job to do just like the disciples had a job to do. The disciples' job was to go out and spread the gospel from where they were located in Jerusalem, and then to go into Judea, to go into Samaria, and to go throughout the world. So our job is the same thing. Our job is to impact the city of Columbus, to impact Lowndes County, to impact Mississippi, and to impact all around the world. That is our job. Our job is to reach those places. Because if one person reaches another, then that person reaches another, and that person reaches another, and it's the continuation of the gospel. And it's the same thing the disciples were doing. And how they eventually went on to set up the first church. They had the first sermon. The first people that were baptized. The disciples under the Holy Spirit. A lot of firsts. And a lot of awesome things happened. And we have that same spirit that they had to go out and preach the gospel, to go out and baptize people, to go out and just tell our story. The disciples told their story. Their story was when they were with Jesus and all the things that Jesus had done around them. Our story is what Jesus has done in our lives. So my question is, are you going to tell your story? Troy, you get ready to come up. Um, we'll end with one last song, and then... Um, We'll have our fellowship time. This morning, just think about what your story is. How can you impact somebody? How can you go out and spread the gospel? Because I pray, Troy comes. Um, just think about that. God, we just want to thank you for this day and all that you've done for us. God, I ask that you uh, touch each and every person in our lives. God, I preach for us to be strong and bold in our faith. God, we love and we thank you and just never pray. Amen.